listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. If you enjoy 90s, I really recommend heading to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribing to the 90s Deluxe level on our Patreon. That gives you access to a garbage time bonus episode each and every episode of 90s. On this week's garbage time, we give John a really difficult D&D quiz. Uh, so if you're into Dungeons and Dragons uh, and you want to see test your own knowledge, uh... Head over to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to 90s Deluxe and uh, answer. see if you can answer as many D&D-related quiz questions as John can. On the main episode, the episode you're about to listen to right now, though, uh, we talk about Doctor Who, uh, how John did not kill a deer. Uh, we talk about Colin Powell is still a war criminal, even though he's dead. Uh, we talk about Dope 6, Squid Game, Midnight Mass, Final Girls, Spiral from the Book of Saw, and the Adam Family movie. Uh, enjoy the show. A plus material. I think I think a lot of people had that experience. <laughs> like watching Doctor Who on PBS was definitely like, oh, this is just like it had like the aesthetic of like kind of like a kids show. Like it, this is like the sets kind were all like kind of goofy and like it's just weird puppets. But you're like, I don't think this is for kids. I don't understand any of this. I mean, <laughs> probably as an adult, I might not understand any of it anyway. Yeah, but exactly. That's it. It's like part of the. Great theme song. Part of the charm. Banging theme song, man. (laughs) Timeless. Didn't Orbital do... Yeah, they sure did. They did like a super extended remix, which was dope. Was it Orbital um, or Underworld? I think it was Orbital. Orbital. It was Orbital. Going, putting this on for Hobbs, I saw him bob his head to it. You got to wonder how how early the techno will get in there. (laughs) It's just... uh, Man, I got to... It's that it's always fascinating to me. I guess whenever anyone has a kid, uh, of just like how to correctly instill like the good habits into your kid, and how to not how to avoid like, oh, I'm not gonna like this because dad likes it. Exactly. You can't push too hard. You know, you gotta just leave the right things lying around the house and and let the kid warm up to them on his own. Yeah, I guess so. How you been, John? Um, I uh, my back is on a terrible downslide. I hear, you, um, I, hear you. I hear you are standing up right now. That's right. Yes, <laughs> indeed. I'm using my standing desk. I think it's from actually picking up that stupid baby and carrying him around all over the place. Not like he's heavy, but you know, it's never like you get a good a good lift. And I got this like sling type of baby carrier thing that I think is putting weight on sideways, which is like not mm. not what I need. I know. I mean, I don't know. You have a pretty big boy, but I know that mm. Scott did for the like a quite a big a time but scott's also a bit of a bigger dude than you did like the yeah. football hold right to kind of like yeah keep the weight off the back but uh i don't know if you're if you're bored, i don't know uh, i'm, I'm we're, we're actually taking him into the doctor tomorrow i'm gonna ask about ask about how to, how to carry him i don't know man i don't know what i'm supposed to do it's like two years almost now that i'm that i'm in one like either recovering from a crisis or like on my way back towards one and uh i don't know speaking as a again a small kid, which I don't necessarily know if your kid is going to be small. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. He's already a pretty big boy. But as a small kid, I I like constantly wanted to be carried, like just for <laughs> like to see things or whatever. Like I, I was always like get on my dad's shoulders because I couldn't see nothing. I was like a tiny little kid for huh. most of my life. The only thing I can do to quiet Hobbs down when he's like fussing is pick him up and carry him to like one of the windows and let him look outside. He won't. 
Like, if he's in a cryy, fussy kind of mood, I can't, like, I can play with him a little bit, but he'll just get louder and louder and louder until I distract him with the outside. And that yeah. always means carrying him. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's an option for you, but like Eric was telling me his, uh, his kid, especially the first one, mm-hmm. it was like just car seats where huh. they, they baby couldn't sleep at all. Like, and he was just sort of like, I would just get there and I would just like pop the baby in the car and go for like a, a long, like two hour drive in the middle of the night sometimes just to get the baby to sleep for two hours. Cause it would be like, if the baby was in a moving car, baby was sleeping and like chilling, like fussy, fussy, fussy. And then be like, Oh, I'm in a car. Nice. This is awesome. So baby in the car, car stops in traffic. Baby starts crying, like outright wailing car moves mm-hmm. a quarter inch. Baby is instantly silent. <laughs> My dad is like, what is going on with this child? Uh, it maybe that that might be on a on like a almost primal might not be the right word but like something because I like as as weird as it is I know babies are not dogs but Zelda's the same way if the mm-hmm. car is moving sleeping not a problem car stops and it's just like immediately fussy and and whatever else like it's like there's something I think about like the motion that might just be like settling. For sure. I mean, I don't know about dogs, but people, people, you know, we have like a nomadic history. Babies would need to be carried for very long periods of time. And it's a big old problem if they're screeching and fussing the whole time. Mm -hmm. I get it. I mean, if if when you you chuck wagon and go down the river, you got a baby got to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? How's things? Uh, Pretty good. I mean, uh, been watching a lot, I guess, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. we'll get into. But the one thing that I want to follow up to before that was I hear you did not slay any deer. I did not slay any deer, nor did I see any deer on this, the second hunting trip. Yeah. So we had four spots on the, on the terrain that had been baited up, uh, not just like two weeks before, but like a month and a half before, and then two weeks before. And at three of the spots, no apples had even been munched on. Mm-hmm. And at one of them, the apples had been munched on a little. And unfortunately, we kind of like didn't scout the apple situation good enough early on. Like mm-hmm. if we had gone right up to the piles of apples and been like, okay, nobody's even been here in three weeks, we would have aggressively moved our hunting to other locations. And we kind of didn't want to leave our scent all over them, you know, so we mm-hmm. we did not. And like while we were there, the guy who owns the land, his wife kind of walked by with like a barky dog, you know, like right by us on one of the spots yeah. that we were hunting from. So I think there was a lot of a lot of human activity there that might have scared the deer away. And we have an old timey hunter who is buddies with my dad up at um, at the cottage. And like, yeah, okay, Morin Heights isn't the same as Petit Nation, but it's not too far. And he mm-hmm. said it's still way too warm. Like there's a certain – you need a certain amount of cold before the males will descend out of the hills into the lowlands where we were hunting. You know, it's not that mm-hmm. low, but it's lower than, than – Yeah, I was, I was going to say that I, there was a significant – like considering how – like up at, the, up at our cottage, the it was like full fall. <laughs> like like very 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 full fall like not just like change of colors it was like at a certain point oh like sleeping overnight because we sleep up in the attic there Mm -hmm. uh like it sounded like rain and that was like just the 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 volume of leaves like (laughs) it's like at a at a continual trickle like uh like coming down uh but way 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 fewer deer than there usually is around mid-october but then i was like all right it's like 20 degrees super super warm yeah not like they're not probably all out of sorts like i mean it was like walking around being like What's going on? Ah, screw this. Going home. There's it was no nice to sit in, but not so nice for the deer to come. Yeah. It was still beautiful. Like it was a wonderful five days of like uh, not having a screeching kid at my side and <laughs> sitting in peaceful woods, 
with a cocked crossbow. I mean, this is the first year I actually had a hunter's license and would have been okay to take a shot if it had come by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, so I guess that is the, the the takeaway I think of like most hunting trips, right? <laughs> is, is the like even? Or I guess that, that's probably like why fishing is so popular. For sure. Like, For like sure. even if there is ever a like, I think much less of a like grizzly point of entry. <laughs> then you're like, oh, you might actually kill an animal and then just have to deal with the carcass and all that stuff. You're like, ah, yeah, fish is like, whatever. Eight, we can catch and release a fish even. You don't even have to like do it in. And, yeah, and gutting a fish is like a 10-minute process as opposed yeah. to a deer, which could be a couple hours. Yeah, yeah exactly. my, my brother was gung-ho to do the whole butchery again. We did that in a previous year, and it was enough of a pain in the ass for me to be like, nope, I'm going to find a butcher who's going to do that as a service. Apparently a lot of butchers, even in, in the city, you can like call them up and be like, I don't know how much they're going to charge for it, but I have a whole deer. Just give me some steaks. And then bring your corpse in. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't know. I would, I would not be in like, it, it's something that I guess if I was Steve, <laughs> I might be into, Yeah, you know, but, but it's just like, again, like the, the amount of work and, and just like, uh, like just messy work too, right? Like you're just like this is it's gruesome where... and smelly. Yep. And uh and and like it's something that if you're good at, it's probably you know, a third the time. But when yeah. you suck and you don't have really good knives, you don't have really good like the gloves that you're not gonna be constantly cutting yourself, you've never like separated meat from thigh bone exactly perfectly, you're gonna end up with steaks and whatever that are not all the right size and are all cut wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's just like such a such a task for a specialist, you know. Versus like yeah, exactly. I guarantee I guarantee you that like someone who knows what they're doing, they're just like droop 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 droop. Exactly. Like, Here comes steaks. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like. Yeah. Mm. The, the other thing is you want to get them tested for prion diseases, which are supposedly mm. not common here. In fact, not at all found here. But you don't want to fuck with those. You definitely want it tested. And then the other one was that. What, what is, is a prion problem? disease? Um, it's like uh, Yaxfeld's Krukchob, uh, whatever the um, uh, you know it as mad cow disease. So a prion mm-hmm. is like a misfolded protein that all it does now is it unfolds other proteins and then recreates copies of itself. It's like extremely unlikely that this ever happens, but all it has to happen is one time. And then this thing like self-replicates over and over and over again. And if it goes in your brain, you end up with holes in your brain where it's just spitting out these these misfolded proteins. So that's yeah. what uh, mad cow disease is. It, the thing is you get like one of these proteins in your brain and it just starts misfolding things and ripping your brain to pieces. And then 10 years later, you go insane when your brain has is full of holes. And they're generally I, I feel not... Like I, I feel like I've read somewhere like when they had like some of those like old school like way after the fact, like not necessarily autopsies, but when they find certain things, they were like, oh yeah, this guy had holes in his brain. Like this mm-hmm. like ex-psycho person or whatever, even like hundreds of years later, they could like see like uh, evidence or whatever that there was like part of his brain was like eaten away. I seem to remember this on like a history channel or something. Huh. Maybe I'd be mums. pretty surprised. The brain is pretty soft. So it's like, doesn't leave a lot of stuff behind. But oh, you might've heard of Kuru. Maybe. Cannibal, cannibal, human cannibals run into this problem where you can get, it's not the same, but it's like similar and it's transmitted basically only by eating uncooked human brain. Hmm. You pass it from one to the other. The scary thing about prion diseases is that prions are typically resistant to heat. So mm-hmm. cooking won't fuck them up. And so if you get a cow that has, that has this stuff on you, man, you are in fucking trouble. Well, that, that was why when there was, when mad cow was a thing, it was just sort of like they were just burning 
like everything yeah. thousands and thousands of tons of meat anywhere like like one case of it and you'd be like well the entire slaughterhouse has to close down and every yeah. head of cattle needs to be killed and you're like but it's only one you're like yeah but that's all it takes yeah <laughs> it's like it's good and it also might be a time bomb sitting in the population right like how many contaminated slaughterhouses spat out meat with this stuff and it's just like in the population you just don't know until it's developed until there's holes in your Great. brain Great fun stuff. times yeah so that's cool. It sounds like a fun, fun little hunting trip. I guess that was. A, yeah, it was wonderful. Excellent yeah. time. Yeah. Are you? Gonna, I, I was like, I was obviously you went without Hobbes, but I was like, and the screeching baby element would probably be a downside. But isn't there like <laughs> something like alluring for you to just like if you had like the baby in some kind of like sling situation while you're hunting with a bow? Wouldn't you feel like ultimate like hunter gather dead? Like, I mean, you would, but the chances of you getting anything would be dramatically reduced. You know, like like a deer's head is like a gigantic radar dish, right? <laughs> Big dumb ears for hearing you from a million miles away. And then that entire that long nose thing, it can smell you from a million miles. Yeah, and there's a, like a little screeching baby beside <laughs> you. The amount of work we put into getting into our, our like caches in the morning perfectly quietly, mm-hmm. you're so careful because the slightest thing and the deer isn't coming back for four days. And That's uh funny. And there's just a dumb baby there. It's so it's it's again so weird, and I guess it just has to it has to do with like time and circumstances. Because I'm like, yeah, there's that that deer that comes by the house <laughs> near the cottage, and she's like, yeah, that deer's just around. Doesn't care yeah. if we're around. Doesn't care if Zelda's around. Like, like I've like walked out on the like like walked out in the morning with like a coffee cup on like the deck and been like, dup, 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 just like talking to me like, whoop, hello, and the deer's just like gives me the eye and then it's like slowly looks down and just like keeps eating and i'm like you should pretty much be running away i was just like a walking huh. a, a walking skin monkey just like trotted out into like your field of view get get out of here but he's just like i guess they're so acclimated to humans and stuff being around that he's like okay we don't leave any salt licks out or anything this is just like yeah. this is his little uh grass patch that or he she probably yeah. like this is a little grass patch that she comes to every day and she's like well there i go and then almost inevitably Back at dusk, same thing. Like, hey, like, very close to the house. Like, hmm. (laughs) 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 Suddenly. It's time for a trip to the Keith Cottage. (laughs) Well, I I told you about the the crossbow hunter, I think, that just, like, wandered out of the woods being like, hey, did you just see, like, a a rabbit, like, tagged with an arrow come through here? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Please don't wander the grounds with the crossbow i have a little dog that could you know probably look like a rabbit with a fluffy stupid white tail or even like a deer tail if you're just shooting at the butt i don't know man you, you you're a bad bad hunter if you don't really know the animal you're shooting at oh i nobody you don't take a shot like oh no movement do you i think that you're you you're, you're that. putting a, a level of seriousness on hunting that i'm sure you and probably almost everyone that you deal with like has but to think that like the sport of hunting is not is exclusive to people who care and aren't just like pounding pounding beers in the wild with guns and that, that fair 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 play with a gun, but with a crossbow you got to be so much closer and you like not only do you do you want to hit your target, but there's the difference between like killing them with a bow and not and like getting a partial damage well, where I, the deer could run for fucking four days you know and you have to well, track yeah, it down. As, as this guy was just like did you <laughs> yeah. see a rabbit with an arrow sticking in it come through here right i was like no nah, i feel i feel i would have noticed and just this like lurching rabbit like going as fast as it can all like all off kilter mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah so who knows but yeah i i would i would agree that obviously like bow hunting 
would need to be you'd have to keep your wits about you significantly more than just like gun yeah. hunting. <clears throat> so gun hunting. I don't know. Is there a transition is that here? To I don't know. I, oh, okay. Hold on. Before we do Squid Game, there's there's a, there's a death that happened recently that was that I feel like should be noted. Oh. This this person was a. Uh, it's it's. I guess it's special to me because this is the second American states person who was a war criminal that I like personally remember seeing them lie to the world and like. I was very young. I was like 22. I want to say the year was 2003, 2002 thereabouts. Mm -hmm. And um, this guy went up in front of the UN and was like, there are weapons of mass destruction. And at the time he was the first black um, secretary of state, super well-respected guy, Colin Powell. And he Mm -hmm. fucking lied to the UN and to the world about there being weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And like personally drastically altered the international affairs forever turned well you know it's it's like hard to say that because like this guy is my number two war criminal the number one war criminal was gw who didn't personally lie but definitely had people lie for him for the mm-hmm. first gulf war get people into iraq the first what time about cheney you know cheney's got to be up there no? Cheney was like the emperor you know dude was like behind the scenes pulling strings and whatever i guess is that worse, anyway <laughs> probably but he ain't dead yet right he's like right. running on kid's blood and and his like eighth <laughs> transplanted heart right now yeah, yeah which is apparently not a joke that's actually i, I believe he's had multiple anyway so colin powell died this weekend mm-hmm. i there I, i'm glad that there's an enormous number of that, like the internet isn't uniquely lauding him like they did for gw that people are calling him out for this atrocity well one more time america letting these guys die without sending them to prison it just shows the world you don't care Get your shit together. I mean, what's crazy, like I said, I think we, we, we've talked about it in previous episodes, but I was like, like the the uh, the family that ran the opioid crisis. Like, the Sacklers. The All Sacklers. of them. Oh, man, this is crazy. So uh, just before you jump in, my mm-hmm. aunt, who, who, who just recently, second wife to one of my uncles, she was on um, her, her career throughout her life, 20 years, was doing a PR for medical companies. Mm-hmm. I had never really spoken to her. I didn't know that much about her life. You know, it was only recently she married in. And um, she came to visit to help back up uh, Bayo while Steve was gone. And I just, mm-hmm. I spent an afternoon chatting with her. And I was, and we talked about her career of writing medical PR for, for these companies. And as an offhand comment, I was like, whoa, Purdue, eh? Sackler family's literally the devil. And she was like, literally the devil. And then she actually ended her career because she was working for them. And they were like, we want you to write all these things. And she was like, no, all of those are complete lies and you know it. And then she, she stopped doing medical PR advertising because she realized it's like, you're, you're either working for these pieces of shit or you're, um, you're shooting yourself in the foot career wise. Anyway, but I was going to say, but if like if the American justice system, can't like swing the axe at people who are, like responsible for their like death of so many of their own citizens. Like yeah. how, yeah. how would they swing the axe at people who are like war criminals who are largely just responsible for death of other citizens, right? Like it's, uh, that's ridiculous. But I, I, I haven't watched it yet, but I, I'm, I'm deeply intrigued by, uh, by dope sick. Cause that's no, the, it's, that. it's the dramatization of, of the, the Sackler family stuff. It's like Michael Keaton, is no shit. Uh, Will Poulter. Yeah, it's like it's. It's a horrific story. They completely knew it was addictive. Oh. They lied to all these doctors, said it wasn't. They paid to bring all the doctors out to like 
uh, like well-funded vacations on the chance that they would give out. They get, there's like cities in America where they have more prescriptions for opioids than there are people living in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they, I think there's even like like footage, like well, footage. It's, yeah, it's dramatization. So but it's like clips of it where they're just like in small towns, like where there's like lineups outside of the pharmacy for just like all the people who have the oxycotton scripts. Yeah, and they're like the pharmacy is like, what is this? Like this is like, what is going on here? Yeah, it's like like this is you know they all have and like the pharmacists were also not like aware. Because they were like, well, the doctors gave them prescriptions. Well, the, I mean, like yeah. we're talking like small town. Like, I'm not, yeah. not saying the pharmacists yeah, yeah. at like SAC or whatever. Like, not the people making it, but like small town pharmacists were like, well, all these people have prescriptions, and those are the coming from. What doctors. am I supposed to do? The doctor says that they need this stuff, and yeah. like on the doctor hierarchy, they outrank me. But it's like they're like, this is crazy. You know, why are there? Why is there a lineup around my the corner of my shop of people with oxygen scripts? Like, and they're all jonesing. <laughs> like you're like, what the hell is going on? And, and uh, no, no, no. And, let, and let's send the poor people to jail for selling a fucking gram of weed. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It's based on the book Dope Sick Dealers, Doctors and the Drug Company that Addicted America, like huh. the, which is like the big uh, one of the big sources I guess, when, right whenever they, they talk about all that. And then uh, yeah, it's eight episodes. It's uh, started coming out on Hulu last week. Ooh. Is it on the free Hulu or is it on the I mean, um, it's on the yeah. American Hulu. That's the cheap Hulu. Right. Which is like the five dollars a month. I don't know what how it works in the rest of it. But anyway, yeah, pretty interested. I wanna yeah. check that out just to like I, I've seen like the documentaries and all that stuff, but it's like one of the things that they were saying, at least about the series, was it was like they know like the details of certain like closed room conversations that have happened, but like obviously there's no footage or anything of that. Yeah. And like so I'm sure that like and like the 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 cast also it's like Will Poulter, who you may know mm-hmm. from uh Black Mirror that you remember the Black Mirror episode with the Choose Your Own Adventure one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, that one a lot. Uh, Bandersnatch. Yeah, Bandersnatch. Uh, yep. Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, Ooh, like him. Michael Keaton. Uh, Very good. Rosario Dawson. Like, it's a, it's a pretty good... Michael, pretty star-studded for Hulu. Good work, Hulu. Mike, Michael really? Stuhlberg as uh, as Peter Sackler, I want to say. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. These. Oh, Richard Sackler. Michael Stuhlberg as Richard Sackler. Did you watch Boardwalk Empire? Uh, some of it. Two seasons, I want to say. The guy who played Arnold Rothstein is the actor. Like, if you remember, like, do you remember there was like the the um, he was like the 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 New York guy who was like who was weird, like the New York mobster who ended up like weirdly going down for fixing the World Series as like, and then which is like one of like the month, like one of those like massive mobster claim to fame. Yep. Like he fixed the World Series. Yeah, that was Arnold Rothstein, and the actor was Michael uh, Michael Strulberg, who's a hmm. very good actor and does that really well. So I'm sure. He will bring appropriate monstrosity to Richard Sackler. Cool. I, I, we can only talk a little bit about um, about Squid Game. I'm only up to episode three and a half, I want to say. I'm at the point where they're making uh, the 10-man team for the first time. Okay, so they're, they're back in. They're back in, yeah. Which I thought was a, a bold move. So I guess I got some spoilers, Squid Game spoilers, I suppose. It, it was an interesting move. Yeah. And like, I really... I like the way so that so we talked about it last episode last episode a little bit where it's uh, the premise of Squid Game is to put poor people in a situation where they get I think it's forty three becomes forty three million dollars I want to say it's mm-hmm. forty three billion Wong which I think is forty three million if I recall yeah. might be four hundred thirty like million that. but you know it, yeah. it's change your life forever money like it's 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 want for nothing cash 
and everybody just like goes in, not necessarily knowing that it's going to be a death game. But then once they find out, they can vote themselves out at any time. Furthermore, it's established that you could vote, like if the majority wants to leave, they could end it at any time they want. Forfeiting and all of the winnings and all of the money winning. getting paid out to the people who died in the games. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. it. So yeah. It's good so setup. It's, it's really good. And that the episode where they vote themselves off, I definitely did not expect that. I thought bold, bold strategy. And then but it but it provides such a fun like narrative option to like then dive into like the desperation that got them into the game in the first place. Totally, totally. And you're a little more invested in some of the characters because you've seen them like pushed up against the wall. Yeah. It's good. I, I've been very delighted with the thing all the way through. It's like a little bloody for Debbie, and I think probably the common audience might find some of them just a little gruesome. Yeah, I I, I feel yeah. that it owes. I'm apparently the guy the guy wrote it almost ten years ago. While it, in in the exact in the exact way that you think that he might, which was he was living after watching in, Battle Royale. Uh, while <laughs> well, reading Battle Royale, uh, uh-huh. while living in poverty in Korea. So he was just like smush, yeah. <laughs> just like put the two things together. He's like, oh, one hundred percent. This was like inspired by the manga and like living in poverty. And I don't necessarily know if it was when it went into production. It might have been around the same time, but like I think it owes a pretty big uh, debt to Parasite because <laughs> Parasite had had the weird like when it goes violent, it was real violent and shocking and still pretty bloody, right? Like it didn't pull the punch. Yeah, when, I think that's common on. enough in Asian cinema, and the sure. and the like. But the theatricality but of it all is, is like Debbie watches a lot of Korean uh, dramas, and they all have the like way over the top theatricality and acting and stuff, and it's yeah. it's just part of the genre. Oh no, for sure. But that's what I'm saying. But like, but Parasite won an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. You know, like sure, it was, sure, 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 like sure. so. I'm just saying. So I think like it at least opened the possibility to. This is obviously a little more ultra violent than Parasite, but yeah. like I think it just it it kind of like opened the possibility of like a mainstream success as long as it was sort of like dealing with some cultural stuff and it wasn't just gratuitous, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like it's sort of like because of the commentary, I think it's right now they were saying it's the biggest Netflix show ever. Really? Yeah. It's the number one show in 90 different countries on the planet. It's crazy. They're like, Obviously, Netflix is probably inflating the value a little bit, but they consider it to be nearly a billion dollar property. Like if they were to like consider how many people watched it and how many shows they evaluated it at like nine hundred million dollars, like that would be the value of the. I would love to hear what they consider their other shows. Like where did uh, Maniac fit on on that scale? I think way lower. Like I know there's some some previous huge hits were uh, Bridgerton. Really? Could be. No that, cares yeah. about. And Tiger King. Tiger King was one of the one of yeah, the other it was like, like weirdly hit the zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like I think Maniac did all right. I'm sure Stranger Things is up there. Honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't believe Maniac didn't land. I can't. I don't understand how that's not top of the list. Fucking stellar performances from everybody. Fucking. I think like a little a, too weird. Like cheesily romantic ending. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just a little too weird. I think a lot of people were like, what did I just watch? And also, like, like you have to kind of sign up for the whole journey and you still don't really get any answers. Like, like anyway, they don't put you? on the helmet and this happens. Anyway, the robot's alive, too. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, so I, I had a lot of fun with Squid Game. I was less into, I mean, like, uh, we'll discuss it, I guess, maybe probably next episode. But, like, we'll see yeah. how, we do, how, how we deal with the ending. 
I think the ending yeah. is uh like the ending of the squid game is like excellent like when yeah. i played the squid game of the game but then the denouement of the characters yeah. is where you're just like uh, like yeah. it, it 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 definitely seems to falter in the denouement and i'm not sure if that was originally intention or if it was just like maybe they altered it up to lead into a second series or whatever like mm-hmm. it just it 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 seems to lack quite a bit of the punch that the main series does where you're like, eh, oh well. and it's long. I'm looking forward to it though. Be long. It's tight. Yeah. yeah. It's really fun. Also like shocking. Uh, so you've met the girl, uh, Sai, Sai Byok. She's the, the North Korean. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep, definitely. This is her acting debut and she's excellent. Uh, yeah. She's very good. <laughs> like apparently yep. the, and also very strange. And again, I guess it's so it's so hard to like see him as anything else because we're not familiar with Korean film. But the main guy, like yeah. uh, Gi Hung, is apparently like famous in Korean cinema for like always being the villain. And this was like almost kind of like stunt casting to be like, look how lovable he is. Wow. Like, like so apparently, like if you're watching it in like Korea, you're like waiting for the shoe to drop and this guy to become like a bastard <laughs> because huh. he's like. He's like a classic villain in so many like pieces of Korean pop culture. That's fucking amazing. I really like old guy. The yeah. this, the scene where he's finally he's like the, the one leading the charge in the in the like red light green yeah, light, light game. Green light. Ma- yeah, yeah, magnificent. Yeah. Just like looks like happy to be alive. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that character yeah, that character is great. And and also the same thing too with the uh when you find when you talk to him uh in that episode like once they're out he's just like, "Yeah, man, I'm like an old dude with like a brain tumor. This all like, sucks. What, what else do I have going on? <laughs> like yeah. I haven't felt this alive, you know, in a very long time. Yep. But yeah, a lot of fun. I uh, I enjoy I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I I did it, prefer it slightly. Uh, no, I pre- I would say I preferred Alice in Borderland straight like a little bit more, but it actually absolutely lacked any like social commentary the way Squid Game has. So it's like less intelligent, right. I guess. But in terms of the like. I didn't actually see or look at Alice in Borderlands. Is it worth it? You should. You, it really should. One thing yeah. that Alice in Borderland does, which Squid Game doesn't... Well, I mean, I just don't want to spoil it. But one thing that Alice in Borderland does that a lot of those types of shows doesn't that, like don't do is it like does not mess around with main characters like eating it randomly in one of the games. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, what? <laughs> like, it starts off as like the, the adventure of like these three dudes and they're all best friends. And you're like, oh, they're all going to kind of make it at least towards the end. And you're like, by like episode three, like two of them are dead amazing you're like but they were the main characters of the first episode like like the first episode is just about these three you know like and Mm -hmm. it does a lot of like subverting expectations especially in the like lethality of the games where you're just like yeah if like they kind of game of thrones ruled where you're like you make a mistake and you're dead it doesn't matter how important you are like or like episode five midnight mass Episode five of Midnight Mass. Yeah, yeah, four, five, five, five was pretty surprising at the end. I think you, you thought he was gonna make it. Uh, not really. I, I was when as soon as they were in when the entire setup was in the boat. I was like about midway through the episode. I was like, oh, he's he's doing this to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By the by the time he was there, you knew. But I, I kind of, I anyway had the impression he was the main character. Yeah. Other than the. The, the priest let's get into let's get into midnight mass because I, I binged the shit out of that thing uh taking the notes for the show yeah. <laughs> don't want to forget what we were talking about um so, so 
Let's do the overall. This is like a new horror show from, I don't know if you, you gave the whole preamble last time. New yeah, horror yeah. show from the same guy who did uh, Haunting of Bly Manor and the uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. And he did some other stuff before I was reading up on this that, that yeah. like Netflix kind of bagged him after to be a, to do a bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. In this show, you have a, a little isolated island uh, suffering on economic hard times. Their beloved priest disappears and then comes back or, and is replaced by a younger priest. Yeah, and uh, we're just gonna jump into spoilers on this thing, I think. For sure. Well, I mean, we already yeah. accidentally spoiled it last time, and I was like, "It's and it's not ghosts," and you were like, "Vampires," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, there it is." <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I mean, it's revealed two episodes in. It's not really that. Yeah, I think it's the end three, of episode two or the maybe. end of episode three. It, it also is like like I was talking about this with Danny. It's also sort of like like meta revealed when you have young actors and old actor makeup for no reason yeah. where you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's going to be like a de-aging thing. It's going to be well, some sort of it could have They could have also done a, a time jump, you know, yeah. and done a bunch of things earlier on. That would have been a, an acceptable ghost situation as well. Too. For sure. Okay. But yeah, so I, there's a lot to say about the show. The, the, I'll just start with random thing. So vampires in TV and film, you have like two kinds of vampires, right? Kind number one is like sexy Lestat vampire, who has like personality and plot lines and thoughts and feelings. And then yeah. like dust till dawn vampire who goes blah and then he gets stabbed and dies. And then like yeah. the originating vampire in this show is a dust till dawn vampire. who doesn't say a fucking word the whole, ep- the whole show. It's amazing. <laughs> so one, of my, one of my favorite things that were, I was just like, I was talking about this this weekend where I was like, obviously it's not shown, but like at least twice the priest dressed up that monster in clothes. And he was just like, okay. Yep. So this vampire is just walking around in a trench coat and a hat being like, I guess this guy wants me to wear this trench coat and a hat. And then he's like, I'm going to put priest robes on you. And he's like, all right. I but found like, that hat, super like, that comedic as well. Like, but like, it, exactly. But that vampire is just like 100% like murder beast. It does not seem to have like, I I mean, I guess it might, this might be us vampire masquerade players or whatever else like that. Like there is at least some kind of an indication that this vampire is at least like somehow, maybe even like through some like mental projection or whatever, like kind of pushing his agenda forward and is not just an insane murder beast, but like his only desire is to feed. Yeah. Father Paul at one point says, I can hear his voice telling me to do some things, blah, blah, blah. I think, I think that's part of the, the big, the meta theme that's going on here is like humans interpreting their world and their like the, the, the carelessness of nature in their own ways. And I, I, and it's never made clear whether or not that monster actually does communicate with anybody. And it would fit perfectly with all of the themes of the show. If Father Paul is like, Oh, you know, he wants me to 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 protect him and keep him safe in the best way that I can, and he concocts this whole angel of God thing. Yeah, you know, so it's that entirely comes from him, and it's great that both the devil, this this vampire, and God don't really have characters in this film other than what is put on them by the people. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like he he only has like the one goal of like feeding, but like at least it's I guess it's open to interpretation. But like there's like he seems to know to like fill up the like the 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 bottle with his blood so that they can keep feeding it to people whatever like, he point, does, yeah. like he's very he does have like you know and also i mean like he's not just like why is this robe on me like <laughs> a like, bear you put a trench coat on of, and then speaking, speaking of someone who sometimes dresses up my dog it's like yeah. hard sometimes <laughs> just like tuck your wings back and be like all right yeah yeah, yeah. so it is it, you know, 
there, there's so much time dedicated in this show to listening to people talk about their feelings about God. Like, holy that, shit. That, that is, I think, the number one... Uh, Criticism? Yeah, I, I would... Absolutely criticism. Death and God. Sure. Like, episode four is awful. It's ceaseless. Quite yeah. frankly, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> just main guy, main guy character and main girl character just, like, talking about death in, in such a, a non-natural way. Like, the monologues are just such, like, theatrical in the sense of, like, a monologue on stage in a like with a single person on stage in a black spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, like just like d- delivered. Uh, as doing one of these, exercise. aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, and it's like, and, and like to the point where they overdo it so much that like, I started to even get annoyed with Pruitt mm-hmm. whose performance was amazing. Spectacular. Yeah. And, and I, and I, like, wait, wait, wait. Like, Pruitt is the priest, right? Pruitt is the priest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where, yeah, like, amazing. Like, amazing. He, he does this like affectation, like all the time where he was just sort of like, when someone comes into your house, a visitor, a guest, someone opening in, like you say, when he says like the same thing, three different ways yeah. in the middle of a sentence. And like, I get it. It's a preacher and that's kind of like preacher talk and whatever, but like it's used so often. And he has so many monologues that like by the end where he's like actually kind of having his like, redemption moment i'm like i don't care about your monologue anymore man you had too many like you've had too many <laughs> you monologues had your shot buddy three yeah. monologues ago that's it like as great as the actor was and as great as the performance was and even like as well as that monologue was delivered it's there's so many of them and they're so long that like some of the later ones that i might have like otherwise cared about i'm like oh here we go another monologue like it was it just needed just some tightening up on the monologue one, front one one episode could have disappeared and you would have, you would have Probably plucked out four. a couple of, of <laughs> monologues. You would have tightened up some of it. I really liked how they were very patient with the long, slow shots of the city. They mm-hmm. made the, like the, 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 the scene of it all, like a character almost. Yeah. I, I thought that was a strength, but, but yes, you did definitely too much time with all the characters. What a grim um, condemnation of religion. Overall, I read all these articles of where people are saying, like, you know, it's being fair to people's faith and showing how it brings them light in their whatever darkest moments. Like, back the fuck up here, ch- children. First off, your religious interpretation of some of a terrible monster deceives you to the point where you work with it. And mm-hmm. then it it in the moment of danger, it fucks off and flies away. And then <laughs> now you're all left to your doom and you, you're still singing about God. <laughs> yep. I, I guess the final scene though nearer nearer to thee my god or whatever that that thing yeah is. exactly that so like like so I was just sort of like oh, they're still singing i was like what else are they gonna do <laughs> like yeah you know and i was like and then the kids are just like what now <laughs> like, you know like the kids that are just like out on the rowboat yeah like probably watching like little lights go up in the city of their loved ones catching on fire as the crippled uh what's his name cripple dracula like tries to maybe fly to mainland but probably doesn't make it but like it's left i guess a little i think there. he makes it well i mean they, like there's a, a line of dialogue a... that they were like flying that way he won't make it it's like 50 miles and sunrises in five minutes or whatever like, yeah they, i guess they, they they left it open for the like horror sure of, sure like, sure open to maybe interpretation he, maybe he does yeah. make it i i also loved the like it was obviously incredibly telegraphed but uh what's her name Be- bev being the like true monster and then like like her uh i guess what's the word like her coming out as the true villain is is amazing like she's such mm-hmm. a like she's awful the whole way through 
And then when a she little sort too of like, much, I think yeah. she was she her like edge edge Christian gruesomeness was just like cranked to, to it could have been cranked to eight rather than to ten. I kind of I liked it because it was like sort of like almost the like it only flew because it was a small community and you're like for oh, sure yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, like like that character wouldn't better, fly yeah. in like a normal setting, but in that setting, you're like, yeah, yeah, what are we gonna do? Like, no one's moving. We're just stuck with her, and she does all this stuff for the community. You know, like she is the one who gets the cots out when there's a storm, and like she does the fundraising. She also seems to have like profited off the back of all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they know it, but like again, they're like, it's like she's part of the like awfulness of them being stuck there. Yeah, you know, like like for the people that are stuck there. But yeah, pretty 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 solid. I'd say I preferred it to Bly Manor. It didn't quite necessarily hit Hill House levels of engagement. Hmm. I uh, it's again, funny. that might have just been the monologues. Like I don't. Yeah, I, I I I was so turned off by the the ending of Hill House. I feel like yeah. it poisoned the whole show for me. Like when I reflect upon them, I probably prefer Bly Manor to it, hmm. and uh, just just because it was so lame at the end. And yeah. maybe I would, maybe I actually enjoyed it more when I was actually there. Everybody seems to rank them in the order that you just said. Yeah. Blind I mean, the, the ending of Midnight Mass is pro- the best ending of all of them. For sure. By a like, wide it's, margin. It's, it's, it's a great ending. And, and they also just like, they also get to like spend enough time in the mayhem, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like it was just sort of like, like episode seven ends with them like throwing the doors open. And like episode eight is basically like balls to the wall the whole time. Like shit going crazy everywhere. Fire people running out, getting axed to pieces. Wonderful. Wonderful. I also love it when you talk about like the commentary on, uh, I guess, religious fervor and stuff where like the difference between, I guess, like a personal kind of faith and the, like the, the, the spoken kind of faith, because like the mom and the dad are like, yeah, it's hard, but like you don't got to murder. <laughs> you know, and like, and like, and like, like both of them could like overcome the or overcame the maybe not like on a permanent basis, but at least for like the night, where both both of them were like, yeah, that like it, it don't gotta do have that. to be this way. Like I know the priest said it was, and Bev said it was, or whatever. But like this doesn't. What is this? You know, like yeah. that questioning of it to the point where everyone else is just sort of like, oh yeah, my my higher power says murdering is okay, so I'm just gonna go into it like. Uh, the the scene there with the 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 mechanic and the altar boy, where he's like, did a lot of bad stuff tonight. You forgive me, kid? Because <laughs> because he's wearing the robes. Yeah, because right? that's it. Like he's yeah. the he's the highest ranking religious official on on the island. <laughs> like, yep. Pretty much like so sad, <clears throat> sad and like just pathetic. Yeah, and like, but kind of like darkly funny, you know? Yeah. Like you're just sort of like, yeah. like how misguided everybody is at this point. I like that, that a lot. That, those last two episodes and 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 the performance of Pruitt, I think, make that. I'd say last three, all the... even five. Five is mostly a monologue, but five works in such a way with the tension and like showing the story of the main guy character and like what happened to him and his thought. Like I would say, like five, six, yeah, five, six, seven, eight. That the the back half. Yeah. A plus. I think it could have probably gone like, as you said, like episode like one, two, five, six, seven, eight, and it would have been pretty good. Like yeah. that would have been like the perfect six episode, and like with all of the the stuff. Like even the like it sucked. Like the another character who again I liked the monologue, but it was just like too long and I didn't care anymore. Was like the sheriff's monologue. 
Yeah. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like we, he was we, a really we, good character. Yeah. Suffering. And we're through. already so sympathetic to him that then they just give him like this super long monologue, which just like Didn't spells out it. what we already like knew and felt. And anyway, now the vampires are going crazy. <laughs> You're like, it's just weird, like wasted storytelling time. Like it yeah. just. Uh, and I guess I don't know. Maybe that's what happens when you have like the blank check from Netflix. You're just like, I'm writing these monologues, and that's gonna happen. Also, I, I mentioned it last week. Um, just the like. What kind of uh, what kind of like hardships fall on fishing towns? Like clearly, someone like Googled it and just sort of like threw it in there. I don't know oil spills and fishing regulations. Sure, and then it's like that's in the first two episodes, and they just forget about it. Like, well, it's part of the backstory, you know. For I, sure, I, but it's, it's such a to like. Sit on it. Yeah, I know, but there, there's like there's like so, so many like like lip service lines of being like, aren't they supposed to try to support the fishermen? And you're like, is is this have something to say about fishermen? And then like, no, not really. We just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it's messed up, right? Like I, 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 I did a cursory Google of it. And like, there, I was like, is it, are these towns like real? And there was like an article or whatever, which they were like 10 towns in America that are just like uh, the, what do you call it? Crocker's, Crockett <laughs> Island or whatever. Like yeah. these places are real and they're super poor and it's super messed up. And like all of Atlantic Canada. Yeah. Well, right. There's I, not a lot of fish left and uh, a lot of people living out there. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know if they have like the isolated areas as much. I guess they do. I think my, I was like, now that I say this, I believe my uncle did like a, a CBC short documentary or whatever on <laughs> some of these like tiny isolated fishing towns up the coast, like uh, of Nova Scotia and stuff. So, but the island forget, has something special on it. For sure. I forget what the, what the, the situation was when I was down there. I don't remember where I read about this, but there was like, there was a bunch of them that you didn't have roads to until well into the, the, the 1900s where yeah. it was like you ha- you could boat into it and then a boat would show up and collect all the fish that they had harvested and then the boat would go away and they're yeah. dirt poverty. Worst, worst, worst. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. Midnight bass. Super yeah. watchable. Uh, what else have I been watching? I watched. Oh, I guess to keep on, I suppose, Halloweeny uh, talk. I watched the latest. Remember when we were going through the Saw franchise a little while ago? Yeah. I don't know what it was, and we were like, "Wait a second, Spiral from the Book of Saw, starring Samuel Jackson and Chris Rock." Ooh, oh. <laughs> that came out like this year. Yeah, and then vanished. And then vanished. I don't think it was fair to it that it vanished. I don't know if they maybe. I don't know if it maybe came out. And then they tried to put it in theaters when it was not a good time to put things mm-hmm. in theaters. And maybe that is why it like vanished. But it was uh, held up with at least, let's say, like Saw 2. Like one of the, one of the better Saws, mm-hmm. <laughs> like as the, as the story goes. Uh, they let Chris Rock kind of be like dramatic Chris Rock while still having like clearly enough lines uh, like ad libbed and stuff that he's still like kind of like sassy and funny. Uh, what's like, what's the setup? It's like a like a backstory situation. No, it's a, uh, a spinoff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is the it is someone using the um the uh, the, the the jigsaw killers modus operandi to mm-hmm. go after crooked cops. So, like, you know how, like, he's always, like, teaching you a lesson about how much yeah. of a piece of shit you are? So, don't be a piece of shit. Gonna get sawed. Don't be a piece of shit caught. <laughs> or you'll get sawed. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're all kind of, like, like with you know, like, kind of dumb jigsaw-style things, like, whatever, where there's, like, a guy 
on a tool, like standing on a little stool in the New York subway or whatever, with like a subway coming with like his tongue grabbed in this thing. And he's like, all you have to do is like, just jump off and rip your tongue out. And they're like, your liar's tongue is like wrongfully convicted. So many people in your testimonies and all that. You like, got hey, saw. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. And like always in like, you know, you have 30 seconds to do it and any hesitation and you're dead anyway. So but, Chris Rock is saw guy and Samuel Jackson is chasing after him. Nope. Chris Rock nope. is, uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil. The reveal of who Saw Guy is is, a, is is meant to be a twist. It's a twist Ooh. that you can probably call in like, the first scene. Right. <laughs> like, anyway, no, Chris Rock is the uh, the one good cop. And you know he's a good cop because he uh, sent uh, another cop to jail for being a bad cop. Mm. That's the only kind of good cops there are. And uh, Samuel Jackson is his dad, who was the old police captain. And then, uh, and also like, and it, but, but is not like, uh, you know, like free of, of saw justice when like, it turns out that like he too was like complacent in some of the, the corruption, like, and, and like the, 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 the weird, not, not to say weird part, but like the, like it very much seems like a bit of a product of 2020 or at least like a build up to 2020 because it's like like they, they reference like article 8 in new york like as wow just like like they're like yeah it was article 8 and there were no rules we just did whatever we wanted and tried to clean up the streets like like and like they, like referencing the criminal code by like name and number kind of thing like yeah which is kind of neat i mean and you know, maybe they're moving quickly with the with the scripts, getting them in and out as quick as they can, make it more relevant. Um, it kind of makes I think sense. so, and I mean, and I also think that at least if you're the Saw franchise, you've really given cops the hero role for like ten movies, and like the hero role for cops is not as heroic anymore. And like, it's kind of hard to I think make a Saw movie without cops because it's like it does exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't have saw murders going on and not involve policemen at some point. But, like I said, I think having the like, and like, and also like the all of the cops are kind of like Chris Rock has gone through his entire career being like now abused by the rest of the PD by being someone who ratted out a cop, right? right? So, and the anyway, and the like, and then the the cop that actually he ratted out killed like killed a witness who was willing to testify against another cop. And it turned out that that was in front of his own son. And then the son is the jigsaw killer. Right. So, you know, as, as things do, it uh, had some pure saw moments, like uh, having a scene and then having a guy go back to his apartment and then, then flashing back, flashback to the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like at this point is like such a like stamp on the series that like they have to. <laughs> Like, 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 I mean, it's okay. It's a bit of it's like it's like um the Scream franchise doing fake outs at the at the start. You know, it's yeah. a, a little nod. We're all having fun in this together. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's a Saw movie, so there has to be flashbacks to sometimes yeah. five minutes ago. But what it doesn't it doesn't do the like full Saw like flashback revealing something you missed. Flashback revealing something you missed to the like, same scene. To the same scene again and again. Yeah. That was like three, I think, was the three, like the finale. Was three it not was five the, where they did it? Like there was a flashback to the start of the scene that you were actually that's three. In. It's like a, okay. it's three where there's like the guy on the uh, on the deathbed or whatever. But then it's just sort of like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like, the entire scene is flashbacks. And then the final flashback is to the beginning of the flashback scene. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, the best. 
Uh, but yeah, no, I, I liked it a lot. The, uh, the performances are super fun. Uh, like letting Chris Rock have a little bit of like, letting his like comedic sass kind of come through, I think was a really like good boon. Sure, <laughs> you gotta film. use your like, actors, you know, like the strengths yeah. that they have. Of course. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, like he's like kind of talking to his partner, uh, just being like, like, Chris Rock's going through a divorce or whatever else like that. And, and, uh, and the other guy is like, like still kind of like happily married or whatever else. And he was just sort of like, he's like, man. And then Chris Rock is just having like this like line of dialogue. And he's like, you know, when women cheat, it's like men are idiots. We cheat at night. He's like, we're the woman's home waiting for us. We're just dumb morons. He's like, women cheat in the middle of the day. We don't even know any better. <laughs> and he was just sort of like, I found out during my divorce, Pilates isn't real. That's something they made up. So yeah, something to do in the day. <laughs> And just like, I'm like, there's no, like, not to say there's no way, I don't want to besmirch Saw writers, but I'm like, yeah, that's Chris Rock dialogue. That's not yeah. like, that's not yeah. Saw number nine writer who could like come up with that dialogue. It's not still James Wan, is it? Um, wasn't that, wasn't that his, his baby was the Saws? He made I don't his, think made so. I think he did like two or three. I think it, it's, I think it's spun away. From is it him. really Saw nine? I can't be saying, my God, uh, it is Saw nine. It's got to be eight or nine. No, it's nine. It is. It is the ninth yeah, film. Directed of the Darren Lynn Boosman. Don't know who that is. And Josh yeah. Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger. Yeah, that's it. Because I remember, like, I think the main series. Yeah, I guess like the main series has seven, and then there's yeah. Jigsaw, which is the pro prequel, and then this is Book of Saw, which is I guess nine. Right. I think that's 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 the order. I don't think I've that's even seen like six sign. and seven. I, I saw, saw six. Jigsaw. I didn't see seven. Meh. There, there was like fun. a yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they get a lot of flack for being kind of like gross out torture porn when there is a bit of that in there, like, okay, fair play, but there's some cleverness there too. You know, they, they, the little flashbacks, the twist, it's tough to keep things twisting. Interestingly, I guess. And, and I mean, at the same time, I always put them into the same, not necessarily the same category, but like, like a, into the, a bit of the same area as the Hellraisers, where you're like, absolutely. The Hellraisers are gratuitous as all wait for it. Hell. You like that, mm-hmm. but like, like when people like get like ripped to pieces and stuff, and the Hellraiser stuff, and like the puzzle box gets them, and like they're like torn in two, and all that stuff. Like there's a, there is like kind of that like saw machine going off vibe, but you're like, yeah, it's like again, as long as it's and don't get me wrong, I think saw saw doesn't jump the shark as much as Hellraiser does by going. Yeah, to like I was gonna say, later. man, Hellraiser by by four, they're fucking garbage town, and they do not recover at all. <laughs> exactly but yeah. at the same time like i said though it's like that, that same but people are like oh pinhead's one of the like deserves to be in like the pantheon or whatever i was like man i put jigsaw over pinhead at this point like in terms absolutely. of absolutely in terms of bad I, and I, like, it makes me sad to say that because the the first one was so good it's just that they i don't think they went anywhere they didn't know what to do with with the absolute pain the, absolute the hellraiser pleasure. characters what's your, what's your motive absolute pain <laughs> and pleasure no how is there pleasure in any of this what is going on here you just put meters into a guy and pulled him in 10 directions that's not like and that's the movie oh and now (laughs) you're in space right jigsaw Uh, ain't gone to space yeah exactly and and like has motive right like as as twisted as it is like jigsaw's a bit of a vigilante like he's I, i would say probably the most motivated of the like movie killers like with like a real motivation, not just like weird revenge or like Michael Myers nonsense and all that stuff. Right, like right. he's, he's trying yeah. to hold on, hold on. Be fair to Mr. Carpenter. And I guess the other Halloween writers, like the point of him is that he has no, 
no motivation. That's like that's his shtick. Oh, for sure. And I'm saying, but that, yeah. but that's usually, and that's usually enough. Like, I mean, like other than like revenge or whatever, right? Like Jason doesn't really have, like some camp counselors let him die. So now he needs to murder everybody. Everybody. Like, yeah. And now he's coming <laughs> back from the dead. Oh man. Uh, speaking of that, I saw final girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, that? you should watch final girls. You'd have so much fun. Is it uh, on Netflix? I think it's on Netflix. I want to say, mm-hmm. I want to think it's on Netflix. Um, so the premise is uh, basically a girl who is the daughter of like a character in a Jason movie. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother dies in a car accident in like the opening scene. It, it's, despite that weird opening, it is a comedy. And mm-hmm. due to some, I, is it even really explained? I don't think it is. I think it's just like supernatural occurrence. Anyway, she gets like pulled into the her and her friends get pulled into the 1980s Jason movie. Huh, so the actual like, Jason movie, not an actual or some Jason like movie. generic. It's, it's uh, called uh, Bloodbath, uh-huh. and the um, <laughs> the fans of which Thomas Middleditch, who you might know from uh, what's that movie show Silicon Valley, the main guy from Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. plays like the the movie nerd in <laughs> in. It. And the fans of Bloodbath, he's like, they're called like the, the bloodbath of magicians. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's like, that's the best. Anyway, so he's like, oh yeah. And like, they, it's like to the point where like when they first find out in the movie, like the opening scene of like the VW bus like comes by and they're like, hey, are you going to like Camp Sparrow or whatever? And they're like, no man, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like drive off and they're like, wait, what the Camp hell? Camp like, Sparrow? Yeah, exactly. And then like yeah. 93 minutes later and they're like, Voo, and like it drives in. So it's like, it's literally in a loop of the film and then they're like okay well those are going to keep happening and like the characters are like slowly have to like explain themselves to the really dumb 80s movie characters as they try to like put it in there's like it's very 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 funny like the the like the funky character with the high top and he's just sort of wait he's like wait a second so you guys are real but i'm not real and they're like that's right and he's like is new wave music real they're like (laughs) yeah new wave music is real he's like thank god (laughs) you know they're just like a lot of just played for absolute fun and sure. a complete and total like love letter to the to the Jason franchise of like the just stupid characters being like like he's had sex a bunch so he's got to be really good at it <laughs> like you know like what's his oh. name one of the 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 short like pudgy guy from uh, what's that that comedy show work working guys or whatever like like the three of them are like temps anyway you'd recognize yeah. him if sure. you saw him anyway like he tra- he plays like the sexy dude but he's just sort of like a little short, paunchy guy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But like every character just responds to him as the sexy guy because like that's how the script is is written. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this dialogue is so terrible. But yeah, super fun. Also, I, uh, I comedy it. comedy gold. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Did you watch Babysitter at all? Mm, nope. Yeah, you should. Also on Netflix. Also very fun. Like those I, comedy horrors I pick are and like, they're, they're getting better though. Like comedy horror when, when done well is like, we are, we're a long way away from scary movie. <laughs> like now, hold on. Are they not remaking or relaunching scream really soon? They, I think they are. They're also, um, but those, yeah, those are like dark comedy horror. Like those are like horror with like a touch of comedy. It's not played pure for laughs. There's like, I don't know. There's a meta angle to them. That is such genius. It, it's very like, funny. But, yeah. like, it's not necessarily, there aren't, like, there's, like, jokes, but they're not, like, necessarily, like, laughing. 
out loud. I was I laughing mean, at Scream. Come on. Yeah, I guess. It's hilarious. Also, uh, and they all know. That, yeah. Pinhead is also the redoing. They're redoing Hellraiser too, and they're really? putting a lady Pinhead. Oh my god! They don't. They. I bet you anything. They still don't know what they're doing with those characters, and it's going to be a fucking hot mess. I don't think if, Clive I, we watched all of them, didn't we? Or did yep. we give up at like seven? I might have given know. up. I don't know seven. how many more there were. I think we saw. We like we we, we got like pretty deep into direct to video land. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I think the last one we watched was, or one of the last ones we watched was the anthology one. Like mm-hmm. where that was, was after space. Yeah, yeah. yeah Once yeah, you've gone it. to space. Unless you're, you're leprechaun. Trouble. Unless you're leprechaun, then it's okay. Leprechaun in space is probably the like the pinnacle of leprechaun. People, I mean, I think we learned that watching all of those things, leprechaun survived way better than no, it was the Chuckies. It was the Chuckies that that did yeah. better than you yeah, expected. Yeah, the Ch- Chuckies are way way like smarter and more like interesting. And I think it's also I think we probably said this a zillion times Many on the podcast. The the Chucky franchise was never handed off, right? It was like the same dude that's done all of them. Hmm. So there's like a guiding hand that like sort of like prevents them from just becoming like weird parodies of themselves. Like also the dulcet tones of Brad Dourif. Guy's the fucking man. Dourif. Yeah. Anyway, I would recommend it. And also I guess the the final Halloweeny October spooky season movie that I've watched recently was I watched Angelica Houston and Raul Julia in the Adams family. Oh yeah. I actually saw that in theaters that on opening night in Montreal, my, my buddy's dad, for some reason had like tickets that, that he got, we won as a prize or something. He was like one of those guys who always won weird schemey prizes. And <laughs> we, uh, we went to see it and they might've even, I might've even been on TV when they interviewed, like, you know, you're the, you're the little kid running out of the theater. Did you, Hey, there little whippersnapper. Did you like that movie? I, I was that kid. I, I was also trying to put this together, having like watching it with Sarah. I was like, I don't know why I was allowed to watch Adam's Family as a kid, growing up as a. Like, Maybe I, I think wa- it was one of those things that had like humor for dad and also humor for kid. Right, but it was just like it was like kind of like macabre and spooky enough that I would have thought that like the Jehovah's Witness angle would have been like, no, like don't watch this. Like, hmm. but it's I, I re- we rewatched some of the black and white stuff and rewatched the just watch rewatched the movie, and I was like, I don't necessarily know why this like made it past my mom's radar. Like I have, mem- I have memories of watching Adam's family with my mom. <laughs> like, you know, like and she didn't say, was, uh, nah, didn't she say boo. Did, did it, how did it hold up? Was it, was it funny? The film was really good. The film is actually like, I mean, it, it's the, the, the recipe is so defined. Like, like okay. the Adam's family recipe, like, especially having like watched, just watching, watched the film. And then Sarah and I have gone back and watched a bunch of the old black and white stuff. Like, the the comedy is like it, it's just dead on where it's like ha there would have been probably a line about dead on or whatever mm-hmm. and they'd be like i sure would hope so you know like and that yeah. would be like a gomez line where well, it's just sure. like they, they just like take the little turns of phrase and like and then just obviously they, a they, spooky they just, pun on him yeah they read it super macabre like you know wednesday goes to school and she get like comes running home from school crying because they you know a mean knight kills a dragon that was just like minding his own business in his cave and like all that stuff and like okay i'm gonna take know. a stab even though i was not the one who just saw it mm-hmm. at why why it flew and it's because the romance between uh gomez and so morticia morticia, morticia is that is like it's like pure they straight up love each other and they are faithful and, and have like a great relationship and they also love their kids too yeah yeah they're like, that's like, like, the twist point, like on the, all these monsters 
Yeah, like the episode, the the Wednesday Adam ones that I was just talking about, like the episode is uh, like where like the tr- the truancy offer or officer or whatever comes and is like they need to be in school. And, and like and, and Gomez is just sort of like, why would I send them to school? He's like, what's the point of having kids if you just want to get rid of them as soon as they start like becoming interesting? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah. and I was like, that that's like a loving dad kind of sentiment, like. They're just they're just starting to be like people. Obviously, I want to have like every moment with my children. Like, yeah, like adorable. Uh, anyway, and yeah, so the movie holds up pretty well. Has a it's just obviously someone's after the Adams's fortune or whatever, and you know they don't necessarily have the right read on it. They just think he's being friendly, and they're mm-hmm. like, "What a bunch of buffoons!" But it turns out that they actually, as you said, love each other, and that's like the thing. The movie though hinges so like beautifully. <laughs> on uh angelica houston and raul julia Mm -hmm. like where in the hands of like any kind of like b or c list actor it would just be like hacky and awful but in the hands of like two like oscar award-winning dramatic actors in these like complete caricature roles like they they like they're all turned up to 11 and even like christopher lloyd as fester is also like way up there at 11 yeah and they're just like everybody's having like so much fun but like it they're weirdly not overacting mm-hmm. and like a like it, it's just like it's it's insane to watch their performances to watch like really good actors just like genuinely having like the most fun in the world like playing these ridiculous characters but like in the hand of like other ac- actors you'd be like oh this is hokey and garbage like yeah. you're like oh no this is just a bunch of good actors who are getting around doing dumb like death puns and like whatever else and like <clears throat> i was i was 12 and i think christina ricci made me think new thoughts <laughs> there wasn't the wasn't casper that, that that did it a lot of people had the casper because casper had like the romance angle mm-hmm. with also Don't christina recall. ricci and yep. uh, i believe devin sawa as casper and I get to the Christina Ricci has like one of the, the best lines when she has like Pugsley in the electric chair and she's like, Pugsley, we're going to play a game. It's called, is there a God? And just like throws, <laughs> the, just throws the lever. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Uh, yeah. I liked Adam's family. Adam's family was way more fun than I was expecting. Like we put it on up at the cottage to just uh, sort of like sit and we were like, oh, we'll kind of like, like chit chat through it. And if we fall asleep, we have no problem. But we were both like, this is amazing. <laughs> Like, so absolutely. It, all, all of this talk about this makes me think of Dark Shadows. Do you remember that piece of crap monster yeah, movie? Yeah, they made you watch. They made me watch. I think th- these they're probably descended from the same you know paradigm of family monster, spooky but punny, easy to access stuff. And they right, just like also the monsters too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just like missed the tone completely with Dark Shadows. Hmm. I would. I wonder how. Well, no, but I think the, the the show, if I recall, leaned more into like soap opera, like still funny, but like if I recall, the Dark Shadow show was m- more like more a lampoon of soap opera than hmm. a lampoon of like family comedy. But what's crazy about the Adams Family is it's also like really old. Like it was a comic first, right? Was it? I actually yeah. don't know the pedigree of the. Uh... Yeah, like all the all the OG characters. And everything were designed in the in New Yorker cartoons. So the wow. show came out in '64, but the first comics were 1938. Crazy, yeah. And and the the art. It's funny. Of the art of the 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 art of the CG stuff that's coming out now. Like there's like a I think they're in like the second or third movie. Mm-hmm. Really mimics the character design of the OG like 1930s comics. Hmm. 
which is kind of interesting. It's not like like they didn't like redesign the characters like for the animated. They actually like did a return to form of what they like looked like in the uh what was his name? Obviously, Charles Adams. Ha. Grandmama, Butler Lurch, Gomez, Morticia, Wednesday, Pugsley, Thing, Thing and yeah. Cousin It. Thing only came out in 1954, and Gomez, Cousins, It, and the pet lion Kitty Cat were 1964, just before the show came out. Good old Cousin It. Cousin It shows up in the uh, in the movie to listening to Too Legit to Quit. Boy, was and then, it the 90s. And then romances a lady. By going like, and then she, you know, falls for his, uh, his wiles. Well, you know, he's too legit to quit. It is. I think he's too legit to it. And oh yeah, John, Joan Cusack as Fester's wife, Debbie in the sequel. I remember Joan Cusack showed up in that. I have to watch them. I guess the Adams Family Values or whatever. And then they, it fell. I, there was also, this is something I wanted to look at was is it yes the adams family reunion is that the one i want i think it is so this is the one yes so check this out Mm -hmm. apparently it's awful the adams family reunion is the third film Mm -hmm. but i really want to watch it so the film was intended to serve as a pilot for proposed television series but morticia and gomez are played by tim curry and daryl hannah wow 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 direct to video and was apparently awful and apparently it was uh sabin remember sabin sabin like the 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 company that i want to say brought was most famous for mighty morphin power rangers Hmm. uh was that i guess i do beetleborgs they did beetleborgs beetleborgs vr trooper power rangers samurai pizza cats uh, digimon and apparently one of the reasons why this movie was so crappy the adams family reunion Mm-hmm. is that uh, the director, David Payne, intended it on, like, kind of keeping some of the darker, edgier tones of, like, you know, all of Adam's family. But mm-hmm. Sabin interfered with development, insisting that the story be aimed solely at entertaining children. Hmm. So, like, I guess just they butchered the... They butchered the poor Adam's family. And Tim Curry, which seems like just brilliant as Gomez, and even Daryl Hannah as Morticia... They had like they had it all set up for the for a plus cast and family friendly Sabin just ruined it all. So is that have you been watching anything else in the Spooktober season? No, sir. I don't have that much time for watching things. It's kind of a miracle I've gotten through as much of uh, of that stuff as I have. I will say just to take a, a knock at it, <laughs> I, I noticed there's NBC's streaming service is called Peacock. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, like Hulu has Huluween, Peacock has Peacocktober, and I was like, how did that get through? <laughs> Peacocktober. I was like, that was, oh, that was what the boys in marketing came up with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dumb dumbs. Uh, so I think this was uh, 90s. Do is we, this the spooky 90s? It Are was. we having another one? No. No, this the next is it. Only comes out in November. This is our Halloween special. Happy spook Spooktoberween, everybody! Happy October. Hi, thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. 
We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.